were you expecting an exploding pen? Hello, my name is Will and welcome to Exploding Helicopter, the only podcast in the world celebrating helicopter explosions in film. Now, once again, I'm bringing you another mini episode because I've just got too much else to do at the moment. And the paltry listening figures for this podcast don't really justify me giving up any more of my scarce time. Hopefully normal service will be resumed in the months ahead, but until then you're going to have to make do with this. So with Bond 25 finally cranking into production, I thought it would be a good chance to look back on the last James Bond movie to feature an exploding helicopter, 2012 Skyfall. So let's have a listen to the trailer and find out if Bond has turned up for work today. 007 reporting for duty. Where the hell have you been? Enjoying death. I only have one question. Why not stay dead? There's no shame in saying you've lost a step. I'm your new quartermaster. You must be joking. Also PPKS 9mm short. It's been coded to your palm print, so only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. I want to meet your employer. Be careful what you wish for. Mr. Bond. James Bond. How much do you know about fear? Ah, Skyfall. Yep, you can forget Brosnan's lazy charm, Connery's flinty coolness, and Crack Rogers' independently moving eyebrows. This time, Sam Mendes, renowned for his emotionally wrought character studies, is in the directorial driving seat, so it's all about 007's angst and inner pain. We can only be grateful that Skyfall, unlike American Beauty, doesn't open with our hero disconsolately cranking one out in the shower. So the story. Bond gets killed in the opening scene, except of course he doesn't, and cyber terrorists steal a hard drive containing a list of secret agents' names, which they then leak online. We soon find Bond living in a beach hut, drinking heavily and even growing a beard to show us how much he's really hurting inside. When the MI5 headquarters in London are blown up, he comes out of the shadows so he can look pained and bicker with M. During retraining, our struggling hero can't shoot straight, fails the fitness tests and even throws a hissy fit during the psychological assessment. Are you getting the picture yet? He's really vulnerable, okay? Given all this navel-gazing, Skyfall is unquestionably more talky-talky than most Bond movies, which in itself isn't a bad thing. Quantum of Solace, produced during the Hollywood writers' strike, had about six lines of wonky dialogue. Most of the actors, Judi Dench, Ralph Fiennes, Rory Kinnear, are pretty solid. Young Ben Whishaw as Q is great in the single scene, a verbal joust with Bond, where he's allowed to do more than rat-a-tat-tat on a laptop squeaking, they've hacked into our system. Note, this happens a lot. But we already knew Mendes could do talking. The problem is he just isn't really into the action stuff, and boy does it show. He's the directorial equivalent of the brainy, specky boy at school, and there's a sense that the livelier scenes for him must feel like a double games lesson in the rain. A big set piece in a Shanghai casino is a massive damp squib. Filming the scene apparently chewed up entire weeks and millions of pounds, but somehow it's arse-numbingly boring. Bond simply breezes into the enemy's lair, announces his real name, chats up the baddie's girlfriend, beats up some henchmen, 
narrowly avoids the obligatory deadly animals in a pit and breezes out again. So when did that ever not happen? It's all been done before and with much more aplomb. Mendes brings nothing fresh to the mix. It's essentially karaoke Bond. The movie's big success is Javier Bardem, who plays the bonkers, campish villain. He's a truly bizarre sight, his big, meaty Spanish features topped with a straw-coloured wig that makes him look like a Catalan cousin of the late, unlamented Jimmy Savile. This unsavoury impression is heightened when he starts stroking a tied-up bond between the legs. You half expect him to suddenly spout, now then, now then. However, even a creature so magnificent as Jimmy Bardem is soon neutered by the lumpen direction and formulaic plot. Almost as soon as he's introduced, the flaxen-haired fanatic gets caught with suspicious ease and is taken to MI5's new secret HQ. Once there, he trades insults with M, chews a bit of scenery, then promptly escapes again. As Q helpfully exposits, he's actually been planning this for years. Now that shuffling, grating noise you can occasionally hear throughout this 20-minute sequence is the sound of Heath Ledger spinning in his grave, because the whole thing is a barefaced lift from his identical stunt as the Joker in The Dark Knight. Except this time, obviously, the entire conceit is transparent from the outset, and thus a bit pointless. However, it's in the film's final act that things really unravel. There are a lot of uncertainties in this crazy, messed-up world of ours, but one thing you could always count on was an explosive final half-hour in a Bond movie involving a huge set, preferably inside a volcano, hundreds of disposable extras, a catch-stroking maniac, and some proper excitement. Instead, Bond drives M to his bleak ancestral home in the Highlands so they can sort out his mommy issues. There's a misjudged semi-comic turn by Albert Finney as the family retainer, and just as the movie should be cranking up to the grand finale, the audience spends a full ten minutes watching what looks to be outtakes from Emmerdale crossed with Home Alone. Which isn't to say that the film is all bad. There are a lot of individual good scenes, and it's a genuine pleasure to see talented actors in a genre movie raising the bar with more than the usual action guy tough talk. But Skyfall often meanders and forgets that it is, after all, supposed to be a Bond movie. Despite all the critical hoopla, what most reviewers seem to have missed is that, for long stretches, it's actually pretty boring. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be looking at the exploding helicopter action. Hello you lot, I'm Daryl. And I'm Ben. And we're Sudden Double D, the Triple Bill title podcast. Each fortnight we watch three films linked by a word in the title. For example, Sudden Impact, Double Impact and Deep Impact. Or Young Frankenstein, Young Guns and While We're Young. Or Four Flies on Grey Velvet, Blue Velvet and Velvet Goldmine. You get the idea. If you're into finding links between weird triple bills, taking pot shots at terrible movies, and listening to two film fanatics bicker, then we've the show for you. Search for Sudden Double Deep on iTunes, Stitcher, and all good podcatchers, and find us on Twitter at SDD Film Podcast. That's SDD Film Podcast. Uh, thank you very much. We're back, and now we're looking at the exploding helicopter action. At the end of the film, as night falls, Jimmy Barden and his gang of goons arrive in a huge helicopter. It lands and the baddies jump out. 
They shoot big guns at the house and Bond, M and Albert Finney fire rifles back. The helicopter takes off again, ostensibly so it can resume shooting at the house, but really so that Blonde can blast it with a couple of gas canisters that happen to be hanging around in the kitchen, just next to the tea bags. Inevitably, the chopper crashes and a CGI fireball fills the screen, much as a palpable sense of anticlimax fills the mind of the viewer. There isn't much innovation to report, really. Once hit, the big Chinooki-type helicopter slowly sinks and crashes into the side of the house, lighting up the night sky with a massive explosion. Mendez's deft and realistic touch with an action scene is once more in evidence, as Bond and Bardem remain entirely unscathed by a huge volley of burning petrol and molten metal, despite standing right next to, and in Bond's case, virtually underneath, the unfortunate conflagrating vehicle. Right, I think that just about wraps things up for this episode. As always, don't forget to check out the Exploding Helicopter website where we've got loads of reviews of films where helicopters explode and lots of facts and information about uh, chopper fireballs. Please, for God's sake, please spread the word about what we do. God, we could really use the listeners. Exploding Helicopter will return, but until then, keep watching Keep watching the skies for those exploding helicopters. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Always makes me feel a little melancholy. A grand old warship being ignominiously hauled away the scrap. The inevitability of time, don't you think? What do you see? A bloody big ship. Excuse me. 007. I'm your new quartermaster. You must be joking. Why, because I'm not wearing a lab coat? Because you still have spots. My complexion is hardly relevant. Your competence is. Age is no guarantee of efficiency. And youth is no guarantee of innovation. I'll hazard I can do more damage on my laptop sitting in my pyjamas before my first cup of Earl Grey than you can do in a year in the field. Oh, so why do you need me? Every now and then a trigger has to be pulled. Or not pulled. It's hard to know which in your pyjamas. Q. 007. Ticket to Shanghai. Documentation and passport. Thank you. And this. Author PPKS 9mm short. There's a microdermal sensor in the grip. It's been coded to your palm print so only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. And this? 
Standard issue radio transmitter. Activate it and it broadcasts your location. Distress signal. And that's it. Gun. And radio. Not exactly Christmas, is it? Were you expecting an exploding pen? We don't really go in for that anymore. Good luck out there in the field. And please return the equipment in one piece. <laughs>